Hi, this is James Barris. I hope you find this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed to do that. Your support is greatly appreciated. So good to be here with all of you. And um, this evening, one of the things I wanted to, uh, one of the topics I wanted to look at was um, a teaching on the Buddha of the Buddhas and from the Buddhist tradition on um, what makes a good ruler, what makes a good leader. Um, hopefully it'll be relevant to us here today and uh, we can also open up a general conversation about practice and how things are going for you and how you can hold whatever your experience is. <clears throat> so to start off, want to invite Eve Decker, uh, co-guiding teacher of our community, to um, offer some words and, uh, and a song. So, Eve. Please. Thank you, James. It's nice to be here and see you all. Um, so, uh, you know what I know about what James is going to share. I don't know any more than that either, the title, the topic. Um, although I think I may have heard, ha, had read to me, not read myself, a uh, sutta on uh, something like how to be a king or something like that. So maybe we'll get some of that, which is all very wonderful and rich. But I was thinking about that question of what do I think makes a good leader? And I I think it's the same thing makes a good leader that makes a good person and that's intention um which is is you know we come to an understanding about what really matters and and then set an intention um to guide our speech and actions in ways that can be skillful and um and a really like reliable intention as far as I'm concerned is the wish for peace. Wish for peace in our own systems and our own hearts and minds and bodies and the wish for peace in our relationships um, and in our loved ones and then for beings in the world. So the song that I chose, sometimes I bring these, you know, I write and bring here some more complex singer-songwriter type songs. But the one that I chose for tonight is just a few words that we can repeat a few times. And they actually are attributed to St. Francis of Assisi. It's the prayer of St. Francis, which is simply, May I be an instrument of peace, which I think is a beautiful intention for a leader. So um, it's just uh, the both. There's just maybe an instrument of peace, two two melodic lines, and then we repeat, and both of them start the same. May I be an instrument of, and then in the first line we say peace, and then the second line it's May I be an instrument of peace. 
And I'll just sing that a few times. And I, I encourage you to sing along with me from, unfortunately, from behind your muted microphone, because we can't sing together on Zoom because of different, of it landing at different times. And if you like such things, it's quite easy to do it in a round with me. So while I say, may I be an, after I say an, if you come in with may I, it makes a very cool round. So just, if you wish, it's fun to do. But mostly just tuning in to this, to this beautiful intention. Um, a good one to just have in our own lives, as well as wish our rulers and leaders all around the world to tune into. May I be an instrument of peace. May I be an instrument of peace. May I be an instrument of peace. May I be so much Eve that was soothing <clears throat> I didn't see there were some people singing but a lot weren't and I highly recommend singing these days <clears throat> it's one of my my main therapies just putting on something that you know well and just uh, let it move through you um, that was beautiful So um, here we are getting together and uh, probably not a uh, not too much of a surprise why I would pick that topic of uh, what makes a good leader, what makes a good ruler these days. Um, we can be inspired. We can be incited. We are, as, as humans, um, we can be so influenced by, we're influenced by everything around us. 
and when we're around people who are instruments of peace, just even hearing a song that affects our being, when we're around people who are um, angry or anxious, that affects us as well. Not that those are bad or wrong. They're all part of being human. But we affect each other in very profound ways. And some people in positions of power and leadership, um, if you're in a position of leadership or power, you know, you have a big influence on others. Even as a, I'm remembering now, I was a school teacher for for many years in uh, New York City, mostly fifth grade and sixth grade. And you probably can remember the teachers in your life, some of them that had uh, such um, wonderful impacts and effects on on you and others that you know weren't your favorite teacher or that you had some kind of traumatic experience with you know well we're all little kids in big school and we are affected by by those who have power to affect us we all need heroes to look up to when i was when i was young uh, gandhi was a big hero of mine. I had three heroes, Mahatma Gandhi, Lou Gehrig, who was the first baseman for the New York Yankees well before I was born. He died 1941. But there was, his story always inspired me. I read the Lou Gehrig story when I was a kid. I was a huge baseball fan and just his his goodness and his mm, um, uh, dependability. He was the, called the Iron Man, and there was something so good about him. And Fiorella LaGuardia was another hero of mine. I saw the, the, the play Fiorello when I was a, a kid on Broadway, and he was just the mayor of New York. They named LaGuardia Airport after him. And, um, and he was, a, again, a really good human being. And uh, when I was when I was growing up, my my heroes, besides those three, were you know usually sports figures, um, and I'd I'd ask my father the same question that my son Adam, who's now thirty five, would ask me when I'd be talking about athletes. You know, is he a good guy? You know, and I assumed that he was a good guy, whoever it was, Mickey Mantle, although he had. He later had shared that he didn't have the the best use of his life, uh, but to me he was a good guy. Okay, Willie Mays was a good guy, and we need to know about somebody if people are good guys or good good gals, good inspiring figures, because we we have this. Um, phenomenon that Jonathan uh, Haidt coined, the elevation response. When we see nobility, it brings 
that out in us as well. So here we are, there's a few leaders that are on the stage these days. And without getting too much into the politics of things, it's so striking to see in this invasion of Ukraine, the difference between someone who's so courageous and brave, who didn't ask to be in the position that he's in, that is rallying the, his whole country. You know, it's amazing how the effect of, of somebody's leadership and courage can inspire and rally. And that's why, you know, many people feel, oh, he's a marked man because uh, it would make such a difference if he weren't in the picture. But there he was, I was hearing uh, somebody who was just in an interview with him uh, recently. And, and this guy said he, he just is so real and so good and somehow has risen to the occasion in a way that nobody could have ever predicted. And it's important that he's there. And then another leader who is isolated. I heard that uh, I was, I was listening to somebody who know, oh, and I'm reading an article of uh, somebody who, who knows the inner workings from Russia of, of how things work. He he'd written a book on Putin uh, and and knows all the characters very well. And he said that he's, um, there's like two or three people that he trusts. Fiona Hill said four. This other, this article today said there's one guy who he's, who he's with and that uh, you have to quarantine for um, one or two weeks before getting in to see him because he's so isolated and and he has all this power and he's um he's like a a caged animal with a lot of power and a lot of anger um so i thought it would be interesting to hear uh, some words of the buddhas on what makes a a good ruler and the duties of a good ruler and then look at um, one uh, ruler from the Buddhist tradition, an actual figure that had a profound effect on, um, on his, um, his culture and his times, uh, King Ashoka. So here are the 10 duties of a ruler, according to the Buddha. One, dana, that a good ruler naturally um, is a generous human being, having a willingness to sacrifice their own interests for the good of the people. Two, sila, morality to maintain a high moral order in one's personal conduct. 
Three, parachaga, altruism. That's even beyond, dana is seen as charity and altruism, being generous towards people and avoiding selfishness. Ajava, honesty, fulfilling one's duties with loyalty and integrity. Madhava, gentleness, being kind and gentle and never arrogant. Mm. That would be kind of refreshing, wouldn't it? Our leaders embodied that. With each of these, and you might think of the people who inspire you and how much they embody or don't embody these. But there's something about a gentleness and a kindness and a mm, mm, lack of arrogance and humility, really. Tapa, number six, self-control to perform one's duties with dispassion, dispassion. What was another? It was another um, oh, here. Leading a simple life, not, in, not indulging in a life of luxury, having self-control. Number seven, Akoda, non-anger, to remain calm in the midst of confusion, not bearing a grudge against others. Eight, avihimsa, it's like ahimsa, non-violence, not persecuting others, not only not harming, but promoting peace by avoiding and preventing war and everything which involves violence and the destruction of life. The ninth quality, kanti, forbearance or patience. Mm. Be able to endure hardships, difficulties, and insults without losing one's temper. That's, that would be refreshing. <clears throat> and uh, number 10, avirodhana, uprightness, respecting public opinion, promoting harmony, not opposing the will of the people or obstructing any measures that are conducive to the welfare of the people, to rule in harmony with one's people. So mm, all of that, as, as Eve was singing in, in her song, it's really just being a decent human being, you know, but when it's there in, in a leader, wow, the power of that, when somebody is just a decent human being who has power 
it's it's immense it's enormous and i want to share the uh the story of ashoka how many people are familiar with ashoka just raise your raise your hand just a few yeah so ashoka uh actually lived um in uh, he reigned uh an indian emperor um who ruled almost all of India from 268 to 232 BC. So that's about 36 years. And he was first known as um, one of his names, one of his monikers was Ashoka the Wicked. That was an earlier name of his because he was this... um, uh, this take no prisoners conqueror who, let's see, I'll read a little from, uh, from Wikipedia, um, expanded the empire terrain over territory stretching from present day Afghanistan in the West to present day Bangladesh in the East, covering the entire Indian subcontinent except for parts of present-day Tamil Nadu, provincial capitals in Patna, uh, Taxila, Ujjain. And it was, was, um, he waged war and conquered and was uh, directly responsible for more than a hundred thousand deaths and a hundred and fifty thousand deportations. So just imagine imagine being responsible for that. And imagine the kind of mindset that would have to uh one would have to have to go and um, plunder and um, and destroy and kill. And you'd think there couldn't be much hope for somebody like that. Now, I'm not going to presume that there'll be magical transformations with leaders today. But one, this is a story of, of realizing that you never know that people can have a transformation. And it happened with Ashoka. It happened after a particularly destructive war against the Kalinga in about 260 BCE. So that was eight years into um, into his reign. And... As the story goes, he after this horrific war, bloodshed bodies all over the battlefields as the story has come down, he sees all of this um, all of this bloodshed, all of this destruction, and he's feeling really empty inside. And 
as the story goes across the battlefield, after it's all over, after the dust settles, there is this Buddhist monk who very serenely and peacefully, who knows what was going on in his, in that monk's heart, probably filled with compassion and, um, and trying to maintain equanimity, but he serenely walks across the battlefield with a, a bowl in his hand, an alms bowl in his hand. And Ashoka has this epiphany. He says, here I am, the most powerful person in the world, and I'm not happy and I'm miserable. And here is this simple monk walking serenely across who has nothing other than his robes and his bowl. And in that moment, he has this deep realization that he has been traveling the wrong path. And he asks the monk for some teachings. Help me find some peace in my heart. I'm not finding it this way. And the monk gives him some initial teachings, teaches him to meditate, teaches him to be mindful, teaches him a bit about the profound power of peace in one's heart. And Ashoka has a religious conversion. And he spends the rest of his reign, uh, 260, that's about uh, 32 years as a man of peace, try, making amends, trying to make amends for, for his past deeds. And Ashoka is well known, he's very well known in, in India. Um, besides just having his own conversion, he dedicated his reign to be a reign of peace. And he put these pillars throughout the land that inscribed what are called the edicts of Ashoka. And there are places you can still see these, these, these pillars. Um, the, the new rules of the land. I'm just imagining that. You imagine if all of a sudden you, you hear about a, a ruler who was ruthless and, um, and destructive, all of a sudden having an epiphany being born again or whatever you want to call it and saying we're going to have peace in this land from now on wow hard to even wrap the mind around it you know but i want to share with you some of the edicts of ashoka some of the rules that he um uh, that he instituted <clears throat> morality being the cornerstone of it uh, leading a life of 
morality as one of those uh, uh, those duties is right behavior. And I'll share with you some of the edicts, some of the words that are on the the edict pillars. Um, Dharma is good. And what is Dharma? It is having few faults and many good deeds, mercy, charity, truthfulness, and purity. This is on the major pillar edict number two. The glory of Dhamma or Dharma will increase throughout the world and it will be endorsed in the form of mercy, charity, truthfulness, purity, gentleness, and virtue. He decided to use his power to make life better for his people, and he also tried to change the way people thought and lived. And he thought that the Dharma meant doing the right thing. So here are a few others. Kindness to prisoners. He showed great concern for fairness in the exercise of justice, caution, and tolerance in the application of sentences, and regularly pardoned prisoners with a uniformity in judicial procedure and punishment. Everybody was treated fairly. This is from another edict. Uh, This is my instruction from now on. Men, people, probably mostly men, who are imprisoned or sentenced to death are to be given three days respite. Thus their relations may plead for their lives or if there is no one to plead for them, they may make donations or undertake a fast for a better rebirth in the next life. For as my wish, they should gain the next world. <clears throat> Respect, and he pardoned a number of prisoners. Respect for animal life. Perhaps the first ruler in history to advocate conservation measures for wildlife and one edict here no living being must be must be killed and sacrificed and also no festival meeting must be held and by festival meeting in the in the festivals they um, would sacrifice many animals as part of the ritual of the festivals mm. there are some festival meetings considered meritorious by by the king um, and formally, it says many hundreds of thousands of animals were killed daily uh, for the sake of curry. But now, when this rescript on moral purity is caused to be written, then only three animals are to be killed daily. Uh, but even this, not regularly. And there's a whole list of animals that he says, no, don't kill these. Is uh, It's about, oh, 30 or 40 animals. Don't kill this, 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 and this. Religious precepts. So he says, this is when the, the edicts were, were written, I have been a Buddhist layman for more than two and a half years, but for a year I did not make much progress. Now, for more than one year, I have drawn drawn closer to the order, to the Sangha, and have become more ardent. 
that's pretty good, pretty good practitioner. But he believed in all religions having um, uh, being respected. All religions share a common positive. Well, this is just the commentary. Uh, positive essence, and he encouraged tolerance and understanding of other religions. Here's another edict. The king wishes that all sects may dwell in all places, for all seek self-control and purity of mind. Whosoever praises his own sect and blames other sects out of pure devotion to one's own sect if they are acting thus, they, are, they rather injure their own sect very severely. Concord is meritorious. They should both hear and obey each other's morals. This is the desire of, of the king, that all sects should be both full of learning and pure in doctrine. Um, he dispensed medicines both near and to other countries far and he ordered wherever there were no herbs beneficial to 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 people and beneficial to cattle everywhere they were caused to be imported and to be planted likewise wherever there were no roots fruits and fruits everywhere they were caused to be imported and to be planted and on roads, trees were planted and wells were caused to be dug for the use of cattle and humans. And he established many roadside facilities so that there could be resting places, rest areas, as people were traveling. Numerous drinking places were caused to be established here and there for the enjoyment of cattle and humans. So, nice to know that there was a ruler like this who was so inspired by the Dharma that um, it turned him around. So, to not ever give up on, on people, but to um, see that we, we want we want to have goodness come out of us, even though we might be maybe not in the, this lifetime, maybe not happening, but um, we need to come from goodness in that. And so besides Ashoka and besides leaders, we are all leaders in our own way. We all influence everyone else and not to wait for others to um, to somehow save the day so I want to just end and then we'll have maybe an, an open conversation with um, an inspiring uh, prophecy from the Tibetan tradition perhaps you've heard of this this is called the Shambhala prophecy. And Joanna Macy talks about this. This is true. This is a real prophecy. And to see that we are 
each one of us Shambhala warriors. And this is the prophecy. There comes a time when all life on earth is in danger. Great barbarian powers have arisen, although these powers spend their wealth in preparations to annihilate one another, they have much in common, weapons of unfathomable destructive power and technologies that lay waste our world. In this era, when the future of sentient life hangs by the frailest of threads, the kingdom of Shambhala emerges. You cannot go there, the prophecy says, for it is not a place, it is not an entity, it exists in the hearts and minds of the Shambhala warriors. And this is a term that Joanna got a transmission of, and they were called warriors in this prophecy. You cannot recognize a Shambhala warrior when you see them, for they wear no uniforms or insignia, and they carry no banners. They have no barricades on which to climb to threaten the enemy or behind which they can hide to rest or regroup. They do not even have any home turf. Always they must move on the terrain of the barbarians themselves. Now the time comes when great courage, moral and physical courage is required of the Shambhala warriors for they must go into the very heart of the barbarian power, into the pits and pockets and citadels where the weapons are kept to dismantle them. To dismantle weapons in every sense of the word, they must go into the corridors of power where decisions are made. The Shambhala warriors have the courage to do this because they know that these weapons are monomaya, mind-made. Made by the human mind, they can be unmade by the human mind. These Shambhala warriors know that the dangers threatening life on earth are not visited upon us by any extraterrestrial power, satanic deities, or preordained evil fate. They arise from our own decisions, our own lifestyles, and our own relationships. So in this time, the Shambhala warriors go into training and they have weapons. What weapons? The weapons are compassion and insight. Both are necessary. We need compassion because it gives the juice, the power, the passion to move. It means not to be afraid in, of the pain of the world. Then you can open to it and step forward and act. But that weapon by itself is not enough. It can burn one out. So you need the other. You need the insight into the interdependence of all phenomena. And with this wisdom, you know that it is not a battle between good guys and bad guys because the line between good and evil runs through the landscape of every human heart. With insight into our profound interrelatedness, you know that actions undertaken with pure intent have repercussions throughout the web of life. 
beyond what you can measure or discern. By itself, that insight may appear too cool, too conceptual to sustain you and to keep you moving. So you need the heat of compassion, but together these two can sustain us as agents of wholesome change. They are gifts for us to claim now in the healing of our world. So just to reflect on the fact that your practice empowers you as a Shambhala warrior in whatever limited influence you have, you affect everybody else. And you are, in your own way, uh, a source of inspiration to others. Uh, now, of course, that means you need to process your pain, your dysregulation, your confusion, your anger, your outrage. That's all part of it, to feel it all, not to be thinking that you're so tough that you don't feel these, but you absorb and metabolize all of those feelings and let your practice hold them all and then you become an instrument of peace as we heard in that opening song so just uh, as we before we open it up to a conversation just take a moment and go inside and reflect on the leaders, those that inspire you. How they embody the qualities that elevate you. Courage, integrity, kindness, centeredness, love. So what touch them about you? What touch you about? Touch them to you. And then if they, they touch those qualities in you, it, it means that you have those seeds in your own mind and heart. Otherwise, they wouldn't resonate for you. And just acknowledging that you have those seeds that have probably sprouted to some extent within you and allow that Shambhala warriorship to awaken in you so you can be an instrument of peace. and courage. 
and wisdom. and love. So now we can just open it up any Reflections, any comments, uh, whether it's about this topic or things that have been coming up for for you this past week or so. And you can just um, either raise your hand or unmute yourself. Yeah, Charmaine, did you want to say something? Yes, Um I was very depressed when I first turned on the program. Uh, uh, <clears throat> the crisis has the war it just overtook me. Yeah. And today it just, uh, I couldn't deal with it, you know. But I feel much better now. <laughs> and um, I just wanted to share that when I was about, God, I don't know. I must have been a teenager. My uh, hero or heroine was Eleanor Roosevelt. Mm. And I remember she wrote a book called Live and Learn. <laughs> or I lived, uh, you live, no, it was called You Live by Learning. Or no, you look, but anyway, <laughs> you know what I. But I remember I wanted that book so badly. And one of my, I think one of my brothers gave it to me for my birthday. I think I asked for it. And it was so exciting to write, to read about her at, at that age. She mm. was, you know, I think what, what I identified with was she was such a shy person. Mm. And she was forced into a role uh, and, and did so well at it, you know. And uh, she was a hero to me, a heroine. Mm-hmm. So mm. it brought that to mind. And... Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I, and I got a little transmission just uh, you you sharing that. Um, Thank you. And, and I'm so glad that, that you're feeling in a different space now than you were before. And I I just want to um, say that I've been in a number of groups this last week, and uh, each each time uh, it seems that people come away feeling a bit more uh, uplifted or um, um, affected by the fact of being with others in community. We need community these days. Uh, ooh, uh, because, um, because we're, it's too much to hold alone. But when we're in community, uh, we have a, a larger field to hold our, all those feeling inside, feelings inside that need to be honored and acknowledged. Uh, so glad you, glad you're with us. Yeah, it, but it, it it's like um, it it's just too much. 
it's just too much, you know, after today, just too much. Mm -hmm. Well, and when it's too much, we need to know how to regulate, how to back off, how how to nourish ourselves. That's, it's not, you you can't just go into the fray all the time. You, You need to know when to back off. That's why, you know, I've been telling people and people who've been doing the, the joy course with me now, this is a time to nourish yourself as well as let in uh, honor the, the the pain. Do things that you love. Be out in nature. Be with friends. Listen to music. Um, exercise. Move your body and get out of your head. And if you're if you're on a twenty four seven news cycle, you're that's not going to be what you, what you need. And so you need to nourish yourself and and titrate your dukkha, as I say, just a little at little at a time. So um, I hope you have a, a good week. Uh, now with um, I, I know uh, what you're saying. Yeah. I, I just, I know what you're saying. Um, but uh, I, I couldn't even practice. You know, you know? They, then don't practice. Then, then go. Well, I don't. Because yeah. I, all right. Well, no. you, you do. Here's the question. Here's the question to ask yourself. What do I need right now? Yes. Just ask that. Yeah, yeah. What do I need? Exactly. Well, um, Jim, wait, I, I, that will, we'll, let's, let's give a few other people some, uh, a chance. Okay. So thanks Sorry. so much, Charmaine. Yeah. Jim, did you want to say something? Uh, uh, good to see you. Uh, yes, there's been, and in other Dharma groups, there's been so much spillage over uh, uh, the U- Ukraine, and uh, we kind of ended with, well, you know, everybody had all these feelings, and one person wanted to shut it down, and no, we need to focus it, and the question is, so now you've got all these feelings, what are you going to do about this uh, in your life, in your heart, in your direction? And I like what we did with this. The first thing was we regulated it uh, mm-hmm. and asked, uh, what's a good le- leader? We know what a bad leader is, mm-hmm. but it's a good leader. And then we went in with uh, Dana, which was perfect because mm-hmm. everything else starts from Dana. Mm-hmm. It does, you know, it starts with there. And mm-hmm. that got me thinking before this, because I, I had to read about that just to kind of regulate that. Dharma, you know, I think Donna, Donna, and we hear Mm -hmm. this, hear that, and everybody's really come here, most of us have come from uh, Christian uh, Judaism or, Mm -hmm. uh, and a few from Islam, and so they think more of Caritas. As I really was studying this, it was saying, it's relinquishing, Mm. and that's so more powerful and deeper. Mm. Uh, and once you start to relinquish, uh, which would be uh, attachment, then all that, all those other paramitas are right there. Ba boom, 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 boom. Mm. And go with it. So, what uh, can I do in terms of Donna with this going on and all these on our personal feelings and upsets and who it brings up? Because uh, yeah. Mm. 
Beautiful. Well, thank you. Yeah, it all, you know, whether Donna, uh, it's all about a, a generosity of heart or an opening of heart and feeling of connection. So um, thank you so much. Thanks for sharing that, Jim. Yeah. La Larry. Yeah. Uh, you got to unmute. Yeah. I just want to very briefly say the most inspiring thing that I've ever heard from a leader came in a movie, uh, uh, Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, mm -hmm. where he was rallying his troops, the king, and he said, the day will come when the courage of men will fail. It is not this day. Mm -hmm. It is not this day. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like the president of the Ukraine saying, mm -hmm saying that we will he's rallying and giving courage to his people mm -hmm. thank you thank you okay last one uh quickly let's um uh, serena and then uh maybe eve can do the dedication so um i think that i really appreciate uh everybody else's shares and the pain and suffering and feelings of powerlessness yeah. that can arise um, given the situations. And I think for me, more than anything else, feelings of powerlessness, e even in, um, even though you could do small things like, you know, send things or mm -hmm. make donations, et cetera. Yeah. So I think for me, the story that, you uh the last part where you talked about the rising of the you know the shambhala yeah the warrior. warriors was very empowering oh good because i really can't do much about putin right now right and i cannot do much about um you know these troops you know going yeah. in and killing ukrainians yeah. i and so I think the best thing that I could do is use whatever energy I have to help other people that are kind of currently around me. You and got one it. Of the things, one of the things that I decided to, yeah, we're yep. not warriors. It, we have no courage. You know, mm -hmm. like I decided, you know, there's a lot of things that need to be done in my life that I have not taken care of even in, ter in terms of my own physical health, et cetera. Yeah. You know, teeth, this, that, and the other thing. Why don't you, Serena, you know, be a warrior in that way and see what you could get done today to take care of your life mm -hmm. so that you're better able to be functioning and helping other people. Beautiful. I think yeah. you got it. That, that, that's it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, uh, Eve, can you take us out with a uh, with a dedication? Yes. May every living being our minds as one and radiant with light. Share the fruits of peace with hearts of goodness, luminous and bright. 
If people hear and see how hands and hearts can find in giving unity, may we find and joy. Fill a blank place there. May kindness find reward. May all who sorrow leave our grief and pain. May this boundless light meet the darkness of our sacred night. Because our hearts are one, this world of pain turns into paradise. May all become compassionate and wise. May all become compassionate and wise. James, you're muted. May our evening here together. Um, and all the goodness that comes from it uh, be shared for the benefit of the people in Ukraine, the people in Russia, all people who are suffering all around the world, all those who bring happiness to the world and for the benefit of the planet. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.